time to talk training, fitness, and health on the Weight Endurance Podcast. We're not doctors, dietitians, or physiologists. We're professional coaches, and your hosts, Cody and Kathy Waite. We've worked with hundreds of endurance athletes over the last 15 years through our training facility, plans, and programs. Within this podcast, we're sharing our own training and racing experiences, along with the knowledge gained from working with our athletes. We'll be shedding light on the training methodologies that we've found to be the most successful in making you a fitter and faster cyclist. All right, welcome back. I am Cody. I'm Kathy. And you're listening to the Weight Endurance Podcast, and we are on to episode number 63, which is the fifth installment, the penultimate, I love that word, penultimate, (laughs) installment of our race preparation series, like kind of mini series we're doing. So um, episode five of six, and this topic is one I think we're both pretty excited about. This is like... um, Mental fitness, I guess, mm-hmm. is what we'll call it. That that happens to be one of our original like pillars of sport oh, right. performance. Of session six sport <clears throat> performance. Yeah, it was yeah. mental fitness. So I think you could go way back in the podcast archives. We talked about it episode probably two or so something, um, two or three, and then there's some blog posts on our website and things like that. I, I really enjoy the whole mental thing. I know you do too. Yeah, I really love talking about being mentally tough in a race or an event. And I, I'm not really sure why I love it so much, but I think it has something to do with growing up running with my dad. Mm. And we started running together when I was about five or six. And we started doing little community races together. So he was really invested in me doing these races with him. And we would talk about strategies and being tough. Interesting. And running... <clears throat> You know, races in Indiana summers when it was like 95 degrees oh, and, brutal, I imagine. you know, very humid, I, you had to be pretty tough, even you know, even if it was like a one or two mile race. So, um, yeah, I think that's where it comes from. My dad, he'd love to talk about this and he'd come to all my cross country meets and track meets and we were always talking about that part of racing. The mental fortitude yeah. and whatnot. Well, I will give you the kudos due because you are probably... Among the toughest person mentally, <laughs> if not you. the toughest person mentally that I know. I mean, it, it kind of brings me into this idea of having coached many, many, many athletes over the years, over the last you know 15 years or whatever it's been. There's those athletes that that train really well, like mm-hmm. they put up really good numbers, right? power numbers, or whatever the case may be, and they just like look amazing. Their fitness is through the roof, like they're ready to race. And then on race day it just doesn't come together for them. Right. And it, it's always like a head scratcher because it's like, look at the last weeks and months of training that, you know, you've done and um, the fitness is clearly there. You know, why couldn't we put it together on race day? It's always a tricky combination, you know, puzzle to figure out it is. for and, people. And when you work with different people, you don't always know like their background of why they think a certain way or kind of like their baggage they've they've come into the sport with and you're just mm-hmm. trying to figure them out and help them grow that part of their their racing yeah for but sure it's it's really fascinating it is and i think from my perspective my opinion building fitness is like the easy part like there's a right. there's a progression there's there's many methods but you know there's there's basic methods of how to do that you mm-hmm. know and as long as you're consistent and put in the work, you become fit. I mean, there's no way around it, really. But the mental side is so tricky. And, and to be there on race day when you need it the most, and not just that, but maybe the, your difficult training sessions and stuff, mm-hmm. which we'll talk a little bit about. Um, but yeah, you, you have always been the person, in my opinion, and I want this to come out right, is like you're 
training sessions are good. Mm-hmm. Nothing's like exceptional, perhaps, like from a numbers standpoint. I mean, they're good for you, but it's not like it's showing anything out of the ordinary. World-class We're, aptitude. But on race day, like do not get in your way because right. you will mow people down in a good way, like chase people down right. and like like your your mental fortitude, I love that word, and, and tenacity is, is unmatched, I think. so. Well, thank you. Yeah, there is just something in me. I've always been really competitive. I remember in third grade we had this basketball tournament and all the girls were mad at me afterwards because they said I was too competitive. Mm-hmm. But that's just who I was and Very who I still yeah. am. Right, right. And, I mean, in a race, sometimes, this is kind of silly, but sometimes if I come around a turn and I see another rider within what I would consider striking distance, I actually will like kind of sigh or moan out that loud. you have to go. Because <laughs> I, yourself. Right. Yeah. Because I know that I won't really let myself not go after them, but I was tired and kind of content to be sure. at that effort level. I'm like, crap. Well, and then if they're in your race, like in your category yeah. or whatever the case may be, like, yeah, I know for a fact you will, yeah. you will go for it. And one last little anecdote to throw, to kind of bring it all together is like, I'm thinking over the years, like you and our daughter Sophia training together, um, are great <laughs> training partners. You know, pretty even, pretty evenly matched. Nowadays, Sophia is putting out bigger numbers in training. Like her interval power is better, her weightlifting numbers are better. You know, all these things. But, like, so when you guys train, I've noticed that like sometimes it's like you're off the back a little bit and and all that. But then in a race, and we haven't had a chance really to race each other, quote unquote, lately. Not lately, yeah. I'm thinking two years ago, pre-COVID and stuff, that like you you would kind of blow her mind that you were either in front of her or right behind her. And and she thought like, oh, I'll just ride away from my mom. No problem. I'm quote unquote better, like from a number standpoint. But when... The race goes off like your your level raises to another. Notch. I'm Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde in a good way. <laughs> right, right. So, yeah. gu- gushing all over you. Well, thank you. It actually <laughs> does make me feel good. So what kind of sets it. up the show? So, we'll get to that, and we'll talk about. Um, I'll kind of let you take over because I think you're like the mental strong horse here. But um, before we do, let's mention Pressery again. Um, mm-hmm. Our favorite bone broth and um, fresh made cold shipped noodles. I just had some. Um, ramen last night actually um and it's great you get these little cups fresh noodles fresh bone broth you warm it up on the stove you could do it in the microwave i add my own like onions and um, broccoli is kind of my go-to thing Mm -hmm. some mushrooms if i have them and um, make it a delicious you know dinner in a few minutes and it's so good so check it out pressery.com use the discount code wait 10 to get 10 bucks off your order so that's w-a-i-t-e in the number 10 all capitals and you can um, get 10 bucks off a single order just to give them a try and see what you think or um, sign up for their subscription program which is what we do at the bone broth and get 10 bucks off your subscription order recurring so um, pretty good stuff um okay well let's get into it i know you have kind of the topics divided into like before race day and then race day and like even during the race. Sure, sure. And specifically, we've been talking more and more about this lately as we've watched our We Diva riders, our We yes. National Team race in Puerto Rico, Arkansas, and Utah. Those were our recent mm-hmm. races. And um, we, we know these kids have put in tons of hours of work for months and months. And we try to give them pep talks and race tactics and fueling tips and all these things. But 
they have to sort of grow and mature into the mentally tough racers that we hope they can be. Right. And they're going to make mistakes along the way, just like you and I have. But we're hoping that, you know, our words will sink in and they will start believing in themselves and they will learn from their bad experiences as well as their good experiences. Right. So some key. of the stories we'll talk about stem from even our recent experiences, mm-hmm. for example, in, in Arkansas. We'll, we'll touch base back on that race. Um, yeah. So like you said, we broke it into two different like categories, ways to like mental strategies or ways to improve your mental fortitude and fitness the like the week of race day or just before race day in general. I mean, how do we, we can't just come to the start line at a race and snap a finger, click, you know, click the switch up right. and be the superman or superwoman of mental toughness. If you haven't practiced it beforehand, you're going to be ill prepared for race day when it's painful. Right. So that is like one of the biggest, biggest things is practicing mental fortitude, mental toughness throughout your training okay so for example you just went and did a pretty good interval session out on the trails right i did yeah and it was kind of hard yeah i had five one minute um pretty high power intervals to do and after the second one i was like man this is like not very fun really in (laughs) the moment right it hurts pardon me still got a little post interval cough going um and that was following some shorter higher power intervals and things so I was really feeling it, but it's like, I, I know that I, I, they're relatively short one minute. I know I can do them. I may not necessarily want to do them, but I know I will regret not doing them if Mm -hmm. I don't. And also it's just part of the process. And so I just had to like commit to, okay, we're going to do this three more times. And, um, you know, I achieved it and, um, was it uncomfortable you know, maybe the last 20, 30 seconds of those ones, but you know, it's part of the process and it's not dissimilar to the feelings you experience in, mm-hmm. in, on race day, you know, when you're really hurting and, you know, maybe your competitors starting to pull away from you a little bit. And it's like, this is the moment where you either commit and go for it and follow them, or you kind of ease off the pedals a little bit and drift back. And then you're usually right. disappointed after that. What I'm hearing you say is something that I have experienced many times. I start an interval and go, oof, that that didn't feel very good. That was uncomfortable. Right. And I maybe I hadn't done intervals in a while or that type of interval in a while. And I forgot it was going to be this uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. So you, you, you've had those, if you want to call them negative feelings, they came into your mind, those negative thoughts. And you had to have a conversation with yourself. And it probably happened in a split second, but you've had years of experience of doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, you expect it to be difficult, but then you need to switch that negative thought into a positive thought reg- immediately. Don't like settle into that, right. that, that place of doubting you can complete a workout. One of the things I find really helpful is to try to focus just on that interval. If I know I'm doing four by two minute VO2 max intervals, and that first one is like a kick in the pants. It's tempting just to panic a little bit and think, oh, my God, how am I going to do three more of these or four or five more of these? But you have to immediately get back in the moment. And we're mm-hmm. going to keep saying this about being in the moment and only think about that one interval you're going to do, that one hill you're going to climb, that one two-minute interval. Right. Just get that done and worry about the next one when it happens. Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah, I mean, another reason why to do intervals, not only are we building fitness, but we're working on our mental mm-hmm. tenacity and fortitude. 
Right, because you're going to have that moment in a race where you, you're climbing up a really steep hill and you think, um, this is painful. How am I going to lap this course four times? Or how am I going to do that next next hill? Or my my competitor is pulling away from me. But again, going if you've practiced that strategy in, in a training session, you get back into the moment, push the self-doubt away, push the negative thoughts away, and just tackle that, that hill at the moment. Right. Makes sense. Right. So um, that's super important. And then some other things that pertain more to race week itself would be reducing stress and minimizing distractions as you prepare for that, mm. that race. Right. We talked a lot about mm-hmm. that um, a few episodes ago. I think the first one of this series, if I remember right, was about being prepared, planning ahead, all in the purpose of reducing stress and thusly improving your race day performance. Yeah, and we're not going to go back and talk about it any more than that, but just thinking about decluttering your mind from all the worries of preparing for the actual race right. so that you can focus on race uh, strategy visualization. Right. Okay. So go back and listen to the other episode, but just keep the stress at, at a minimum. And that leads right into the actual visual. I can never say that word visualization <laughs> of your race strategies. I did mention in a previous episode that when I woke up the morning of the second weekend in Arkansas, I was raining. I wasn't super excited about racing. Yeah, it wasn't inviting. It wasn't inviting. <laughs> I was tired from our week there, tired from already having raced the weekend before. But I knew inside my heart I was going to do the race. So be, you were still asleep, and for an hour, I can't even believe I did this for this long, <laughs> but for an hour I lay next to you quietly with my eyes closed, and I pictured the race course, and I pictured racing with my nemesis, how it might go, and I, I was sort of correct to how it had, ended up going, and <laughs> visualizing, planning, preparing for, like sticking right on her wheel when it was going to be tough, not letting her get away from me right at the beginning, being as smooth as I could around certain turns um, or technical features that I knew were happening. I was picturing different parts of the race course Mm -hmm. and picturing feelings I would have and thoughts I would have. And I mean, I felt pretty good about the mental preparation of the race after the hour of doing that in bed. Yeah, that's a great example. Yeah, I think the key with visualization or maybe one of the keys is, um, you know, identifying your own strengths and weaknesses, which is like what you said. And if possible, if you know like a certain competitor is there and you mm-hmm. know their strengths and weaknesses, putting those scenarios into place like you did. Like you knew your competitor there was a aggressive starter mm-hmm. and then also an aggressive passer, mm-hmm. I guess. And uh, good at technical features. good at technical features. So you knew ahead of time, okay, this person's here. I need to prepare myself mentally to go hard at, from the start because that's not necessarily your forte or your yeah. preference at least. You're more yeah, I actually slow can build. do it, but I don't prefer it. Right. So I knew I had to do that with her. But you prepared yourself right. mentally. Yeah, and I mean, that's amazing. And then also the course was very twisty-turny, so yeah. you had a lot to think about, like right. visualizing certain tricky spots on the course and getting yeah. yourself more comfortable. I mean, there are scientific studies that show visualization, how it like programs or reprograms like your brain and like if your brain like just visualizes visually sees something over and over like you riding a tricky rock garden or whatever mm-hmm. it then believes that you've done it already i mean there's like studies that show this and so when you actually go to it in real life you are like far more likely to kind of roll through it because mm-hmm. your brain already thinks you've done it a hundred times <laughs> in your head it's pretty interesting um but yeah visualization is is huge for sure 
It is. And and really the next thing I'm going to say transitions from before race day to race day. It, it's both. It's all the time. And it is the old saying, expect the best, but plan for the worst. Okay. Okay. You're going to have goals that you have for the race. You want to do well. Maybe that's for you winning. Maybe that's being podium. Maybe that's being top 25. Whatever it's, your goal it, Whatever is, your yeah. goal is. That doesn't really matter. And, so, and you're, you're expecting to feel good and strong and smooth, but you need to plan for the worst because as we all know, that doesn't always happen. You, you might not feel good the whole race. Usually not. Yeah. That's usually, usually the case. Don't. It's a rare, in my opinion, a rare occurrence where you race and it feels quote unquote effortless or you just right. feel great. Like I, that happens maybe one race a year for me. If Crap, I'm that means I already had it. Yeah, I felt <laughs> that way in Soho in Utah. Yeah, it's like one race a year for Darn me. Darn it. <laughs> and um, But yeah, the rest of the races, it's like exactly you have to understand that there are going to be a few moments, if not many moments, that are quite uncomfortable, quite challenging. Mm-hmm. Um, not only maybe from like a mechanical standpoint, you know, things that could fluster you like dropping a water bottle or getting a puncture or you know, missing a turn on the trail or whatever the case may be to other things where you're like, your legs just don't feel good. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, a lot of that stuff too is like very mental mm-hmm. and knowing that there's going to be those rough patches. And this is something that long distance racers really experience. And it's, it's very noticeable and recognizable, you know, um, that, you know, when you go through a, a multi-hour race, there's going to be periods where you just do not feel well and you'd rather just stop. But if you usually it's get some fuel in, get some hydration, collect your thoughts, stay with it, and your body kind of comes around and you keep going again. You know, in the shorter races, it's a little trickier. You don't have as much time to mm-hmm. collect yourself, so to speak. But um, it can happen. It I can mean, happen. It's still, we were looking at lap times from the Soho, Soho <clears throat> race, and our daughter Sophia had a real tough race. She did not feel great. Um, and her first lap, I think it was like 18 minutes or let's say 17 and a half minutes. The next two laps were much slower, like 19, 19 and a half. I mean, she was really falling off the pace. She was falling way back. She somehow rallied. She stuck in there. She kept with her fueling. She kept pedaling her bike. And her last lap, the fourth lap, was 17 and a half minutes again. Like, it was faster than any of my laps I had done, unknowingly. (laughs) And so she somehow rallied. Like, physically, she hadn't felt well, but... And mentally, she was struggling. Don't get me wrong. This was not an easy race for her. But she she stuck stuck with it and she was able to rally. Yeah, I remember that. And that was a great hopefully, you know, learning lesson for her mm-hmm. that you know, she had a great first lap. We implemented kind of like our start strategy that we wanted and then the wheels sort of came off for a couple laps and she could have quit, well literally like quit the race, which mm-hmm. we rarely want to encourage that. Um or just soft pedaled the rest of the race, but she actually kind of pulled herself together like you said. So hopefully that will now be in her brain, her subconscious that, you know, I've had rough patches, I can come out of them and keep going quite well. So, Right. You you have to anticipate those rough, st- rough spots and, and be tough enough to stick with it and see if you can feel better. Right, right. Um, other things can happen in the race that will fluster you. Like you mentioned, you can have a mechanical, mechanical issue. Maybe your chain falls off when you're trying to start fast. We had actually that happened with one of the kids in the race in Soho and that was really flustering. Like, oh my God, I have to get off my bike and put my chain back on. And now the entire group has gone. Right, right. And in fact, that really did fluster that kid. And he struggled to get back his mental focus and he did end up pulling out of the race. He wasn't feeling super great. I don't know how much of that was actually physical, 
or verse or mental yeah. from the rough start he had. Exactly. That was a tough one. So that brings us to kind of like during the race or race day. Mm-hmm. Um, what are some like tips and things to Right. I, I think having a positive mindset from the very beginning, like when you wake up race morning, you may have not had a great night's sleep. I don't usually sleep well the night before mm-hmm. and I can't let that get in my head. I just, I basically start lying to myself right from the start. <laughs> like, oh, well, that wasn't a bad night. Okay, that's a pretty good night's sleep. I'm going to, oh, what a gorgeous morning. And maybe I tossed it's pouring in, rain. Right, right. Maybe I tossed and turned. But you just cannot go down that negative path. So it's positive mindset. Like, okay. oh, okay, I got enough sleep. This is great. I, I'm going to have a, a coffee. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wake my brain up. Um, maybe when you're warming up, ooh, doesn't feel so great. I actually right. had, I had that at... Um, the cross-country race on Saturday in Soho. The day before, warming up for the time trial, I felt phenomenal for some reason, and it's like, woo, this is going to be amazing. But the next morning when I was warming up, the legs felt a little heavier. Right. Um, and that could have got into your head. but Oh, and for a second it did. It did, okay. And so what I had to do was re-strategize even my warm-up. Mm. I said, okay, I cannot imagine right now holding three minutes at a hard pace. This is not going to work for my brain. Mm-hmm. Because my body's not cooperating, so I'm just going to do one minute efforts to warm up and okay. just be feel good about that. Yeah, um, I stayed I stayed tough, although it was hard. I had a whole mental battle going already in the warm up, um, and then strangely, I felt amazing during the race. Right. So do not let negative thoughts get in your head if your warm up isn't going yeah, optimally. It's, it's sort of like you had your rough patch in the warm up mm-hmm. before the race, and then you kind of came out of it and realigned your focus. Right. And, okay. And I'm a big fan of a mantra. So if it's something that you have a, like a coach or a friend or a parent say to you beforehand, or it's something you say to yourself, I mean, it can be something, I'm not going to swear, but this is what Sophia and I say to each other. <laughs> it's sort of our, like our alter ego of like being a badass. Yeah. So you. I'll be like, you're a mother effing badass. <laughs> okay. Is, it a, is that a little weird that a mom is saying that to her daughter? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I don't want anyone else to hear me swearing the F word in public, mm-hmm. but would it, what that says to Sophia and myself is like, we are like this animal, this fierce competitor right. inside. So well, it centers the mind and yeah. puts you in the moment, which is a key, right? Like being in the moment. And so that using a swear word like that actually yeah. makes it, brings that dramaticness to it. That it brings true. you right into the moment. And it usually makes her laugh too, that her mom okay. is, is kind of loudly saying the F word. Um, so any nervousness she was maybe feeling at the moment at least dissipates for five seconds mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. makes her giggle a little bit and smile. And she remembers that I believe in her and I, I think it really helps. And yeah, so absolutely. find something like that for yourself that, that can make you feel empowered inside to, to tackle yeah. the race. I'm not a huge mantra person. I do think they are effective. Um, it's just not, hasn't been something that I've settled into much at, at times, but I know over the years you've told me, shared, other things, like even sometimes it's in an interval session or it's in a in a race, often like near the end of a race or like a t- tough climb where you're like even like counting. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I remember specifically when we did triathlons, you would count like your steps running. Oh, I still like count my pedal and strokes. And your pedal I've strokes. I've said it a few times. Yeah. The, yeah. Doing intervals, yeah. For some reason, counting one to ten like really helps me right. Well, again, focused. it's centering your thought and putting you in the moment. So Yeah, Thank you. That is, thank you for reminding me. That's what we really wanted to talk about is being in the moment. Mm-hmm. I, I don't believe in the philosophy of um, dissecting your, 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 your mental 
your brain from your body. I feel mm. like you have to be in the moment. You have to feel the pain, not try to ignore the pain. Right. Um, yeah, it's not about ignoring it. It's about embracing it and mm-hmm. understanding that, like, this is what racing is, what you signed up for. And even though in the moment it may not feel good, it does, there's a greater feeling of feeling good, and especially when you're done. Right. Um, and that's a big piece of yeah. it. Yeah, to be in the moment. And that's what I was referring to earlier in terms of practicing that in your in your training sessions. Like, you're in the moment with those intervals. Yes, yeah. they're really uncomfortable they're challenging, but, but embrace it. Don't be afraid of the discomfort, the physical discomfort. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I know most of our listeners are probably men, but there are some women out there <laughs> and I'm, I'm not the only mom. I did, I had th- three childbirth experiences. <laughs> I did them all naturally and I was really proud of myself. And it wasn't that I was trying to earn a a gold star at the end. Well, maybe it was that a little <laughs> bit, but I also did believe even with childbirth that it was about being in the moment and like feeling the pain and trusting my body could do what it was meant to do Yeah, and trusting that it was strong enough to do it. And I could get these babies yeah, in the world. That was the race. Yeah. yeah so, um, I guess I take that experience into my athletics too mm-hmm. of, um, yeah, just being in the moment. And that leads into just the basic don't give up because the short-term pain is much better than the long-term regret. Absolutely. You don't want to have regrets when you cross the finish line or even worse, like pull out of a race or something. But yeah, not giving up. And, and the other thing to keep in mind too is most of us, ha- you know, have anywhere from you know, maybe as few as one or two events and some maybe more, you know, maybe have a dozen or more, but, um, you know, not that many in the big scheme of things out of 365 days of the year. And you have, you know, a couple dozen races total throughout the year, maybe like make everyone count yeah. and, and, and don't, like you said, don't give up to stay in the moment, um, and understand those rough patches are part of it. And you're not going to feel amazing every race. Hopefully you feel amazing a couple of races a year. Um, but knowing that if you just keep going, have that fortitude and, and mental toughness that, um, you know, you're going to end up happier and more successful. Yes. And I certainly have made my own mistakes and have my own regrets from races, lest everyone think that I am like <laughs> undaunted because you sang my praises. You know, I, I look back at Marathon Nationals a few years ago in Arkansas and I did not execute the strategy we talked about beforehand. I was not brave enough at the start. And my nemesis I referred to earlier, she took off pretty aggressively and I did not go with her. And it it has haunted me for three years. Yeah, the that, regrets are yeah, still Yeah, the there, regrets. Yeah. Like I, I, I wish I would have been willing to feel that pain for a few more minutes and stay with her. Right. So I, I certainly have learned and continue to learn from my own uh, racing experiences um, but I hope that this conversation does encourage people to prepare their mental fitness, their mental fortitude beforehand, um, so that when races and events happen, they can feel really good about their their experience and their efforts exactly. at the end of the day. Yeah, and uh, yeah, give it the full effort from start to finish, and you likely won't have regrets. So, and maybe use the term no regrets as your mantra perhaps oh i've, I've said that many spots. times yeah i mean that's not a bad way to go so it's simple 
Good. Well, I think this has been a good um, conversation and um, one that's very, you know, applicable and useful for a lot of different people, um, especially our, our young athletes. Um, I'll leave it with one last little story, but you know, having coached these young athletes over the last three years on a you know very structured level with power and things like that, you know, seeing how similar the group of ladies and men are are in terms of numbers and you know what kind of training they put in and the the power numbers they have and all and, and that look it's so similar like they're they're pure watts they're watts per kilogram all these things but then when they show up on race day anything can happen like the the like some do amazingly well some struggle mm-hmm. um i've seen some that maybe are slightly behind the curve in the numbers like a little less power mm-hmm. in training rise to the occasion and have amazing races. And then you see the others that have like these incredible numbers that are like a little bit above everybody else that, and then maybe they don't race as well. And it's like the mental piece of it is so, so critical. Right. And we, we will continue to teach and encourage the young riders to improve that part of their racing. Yeah. Um, and I, we've already seen it, right? Especially in Arkansas, that first weekend versus the second weekend, some of them really struggled that first weekend with the chaos of the large racing mm-hmm. groups. And then by the time the second weekend rolled around, they'd had enough time to talk about it with us, think about it on their own. Yeah. And the strategy changed, and they had this amazing race. Right. And their fitness didn't change from one weekend to the next. And, you know, it, it was purely a mental strategy there. So. Lots to, to learn and, and gain um, in that regard. So good. I hope this has been helpful. Um, we got one more show to go coming yes. in another day or two. And um, and then we'll, I don't know what we'll do from there. We'll start talking right, about some if, other if stuff. We, we've gotten some good feedback from people from listening to this mini series. Yeah. So send in your questions. Your yeah, email. we've had several. Send us right. questions. Our email addresses, do you want to tell everyone? Sure, Cody at teamweight.com or Kathy with a K at teamweight.com. Yeah, we love hearing what you have to, to say about the topic, and, and we'll probably bring it up on a later show. Yeah, and then also um, you can check us out on our Instagram, Weight Endurance, and then also our personal ones. Um, and what was the other thing? Oh, Strava. We don't do Twitter. I don't do much of even Strava, but but yeah, <laughs> we check, got stuff out there. Follow be us. Be in touch, and and hopefully we'll see some of the local Colorado people at races coming up. There's the Fandango this or tomorrow up in Bailey, so I'm actually going to head out there at seven in the morning to cheer on our youngest and our least experienced riders, and hopefully give them a little pep talk pep, pep talk in the tent beforehand. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Very good. All right, uh, we'll leave it at that, and we'll see you in a few days, a few more days. All right, take care. Everything we discuss on the Weight Endurance Podcast, we integrate into our annual Base Builder training program and downloadable training plans. Our Base Builder program is an annual online virtual group training program with us as your coaches, allowing you to build your best cycling-based fitness possible to prepare you for your next riding season. We also offer downloadable training plans for base building, cycling-specific strength training, and specialized race preparation for road, gravel, mountain bike racing, and everything in between. Consider our training plan subscription service, where you gain access to all of our training plans for as little as $20 per month. This allows you to easily switch between plans to create your most complete annual training progression. Regardless of the type of cyclist you are, by becoming a part of the Weight Endurance Training Community, you're allowing us to help you become a fitter and faster cyclist. Thank you.